Hi, friends. All right. We are back. Second podcast of the new year. First with me since January or December. Welcome back, Nathan Bond of the Daily Stampede.com. Hey guys. It's like you never left because you kind of you were supposed to go on a break, but like you would still text and like jump in the Slack channel and do everything. And like, I had I didn't jump in the Slack channel. Yes, uh, when was the last time I did that? Uh, when you were on break, you were de- and I'm like Nate, take a break, relax. We got this. I'm sorry. Literally the day after I leave, the entire program goes up in flames. Still, like that's putting it lightly. By the way, <laughs> if you need the break. You need. The break. I did. I think the last time I talked to anybody was the Yukon uh, game. I don't remember. Think, think about that. A while ago. I think it was the Yukon game. So anyway, we're, this is boring. We're in the club section at the beloved alma mater um, at the Sun or the no longer Sun Dome, the Foam Dome, where um, your Bulls just beat uh, Memphis eighty-four to seventy-eight, despite thirty turnovers. <laughs> It still just blows me away. They had 30 turnovers in one. Um, they gave up 41 points to Jeremiah Martin of Memphis. In the second half alone. alone. He had zero points in the f- first half. 41 in the second half. I, I just, that that I can't. I can't even. I can't even. It was 13 of 17 shooting from the field in the second half. And some of them, I mean, and as Gregory said after the game, a lot of them were contested. Like, they're just going in. Yep. And so, guy gets hot, guy gets hot. Um the Bulls also, there was some other crazy. Oh, they gave up 65 in the second half, which is a school record. Previous record was 57. They gave up 41 to a guy and a half. That's a school record conceded. And yet they win by six. And if they had made their free throws down the stretch, Rideau and, and Durr missed four the last four free throws of the game, it would have been by 10. So it could have been a double-digit win with 30 turnovers and given up 65 in the second half. And what's truly amazing is, I mean, that run to start the game was... I've never seen anything like it. Uh, game. It was truly amazing. Um, twenty-seven I got, to one. Yeah, twenty-seven to one. You start out nineteen nothing, and like Memphis had some bunnies around the rim that yeah. just they just would not fall. Mm-hmm. And then when it's nineteen nothing, Memphis goes to the line and they miss the first free throw. I'm like, oh, they're not scoring here. <laughs> He's not making this second one. Unfortunately, it does go in, and I mean, then USF goes on a quick uh, eight nothing run to push it to twenty-seven to one with uh, what ten minutes to go. And then Alexis Getno looks like he was slight either hamstring tear pull. We don't know. Uh, Brian Gregory said after the game, lower body injury goes to the hockey reference there. Uh, so we don't know how bad or extensive as it vague is as possible. Vague. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> on that one. It was uh, clearly a hamstring. Yes. So he's do, he does that. And uh, but that kid is going to be. I mean, the upside on that kid is just phenomenal. Um, today, nine points, four boards in 24 minutes, and you go, eh. But just the impact that he brings on both sides of the Absolutely. floor. He's just the real deal. Um, Nate calls out David Collins for his Coco Montez um, the, with the Coco Montez column. Um, and <laughs> I, I told Colin this while we were sitting next to each other when he was making fun. I was like, I got Coco drafted. All right. So I don't, I don't want to hear it. Um, I love Coco. Coco's great. Uh, I think he was... He was a good sport about it uh, toward the end of the year when he was sitting over 300 and I was eating my words. But that tends to happen when you when you call someone out. It's nice to know that either, hey, you read and you listen and you <laughs> put it to practice. And then BG, I mean, he definitely read the story because his answer to questions didn't really pertain to it. Uh, you, he was like, you know, David just does so much on the floor, even though his shooting percentage is down and he turns the ball over a lot, and but his free throws are up. And I'm like, all right, coach, we get it. <laughs> Somebody read the paper. Um, we get it. Collins line, five and nine from the floor, eight of nine from the free throw line. He had 20 points and five boards, uh, six turnovers. But as Gregory said after the game, he doesn't mind when Rideau and Collins go to the rim. As he said, bulldoze to the rim. Because in the long run, um, even though they're going to turn it over a little bit, it's going to be more helpful. I think, you know, that's my frustration uh, with DC, Yetna, Rideau. It's when they do, it happens a lot on the break, on the press break. When they get to the middle of the paint, they just, they bulldoze their way in. And more times than not, especially with college basketball and how it's being officiated now, you're going to get a charge call or you're just going to turn the ball over. There's no, you know, jump stop, look, try to get an up fake and go under. 
it's just a just a lot of putting your shoulder into a guy and you know turn the ball over and that happened a lot today uh mayan curry was guilty of that a couple times Whew. so that kid look is there a more awkward person up and down the court than when mayan all curry four when he's running when all four of his limbs start going in the same direction <laughs> he's going to be unbelievable that kid he takes the ball at one point to, in a press break catches it at the the defensive timeline dribbles it about 60 feet with his right hand all the way down the middle of the lane gets into the paint comes up and then has the easy dump off passes the defender rotates over has the easy dump off pass to Rito and dumps and just turns it over with it which should have been a, a basic pass but you can see this guy he's got that his ability to take one step from outside the three-point line put the ball on the deck once take one step and get to the rim is like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, it's that kind of length. You know what I mean? Like, you can't dunk it. one hell of a pronunciation. Just say the Greek freak. Stop trying to be fancy. (laughs) Sorry. Why did I go fancy there? The guy from Milwaukee is going to be the MVP of the NBA this year. Um, (laughs) James Harden, did he change his name or something? Look, I will take take Greek freak over Harden. You're insane. I will. I'm sorry. It's it's probably some personal bias against Harden's game, which is... Oh, for sure. You're you're pissed off that his game is not the old man game that you grew up with. It is old man game, but it's it's not exactly ball movement heavy. Involve your teammates. But have you, you seen his teammates though? Eric Gordon know, and PJ Tucker. Who else is going to score for the Rockets? The the lack thank of- God CP3 came back and they still got blown out last night. But we are anyway. not a Houston Rockets blog, at least not yet. That's Scott um, Holman. <laughs> How about Justin Brown? Could not miss from three there in the first 10 minutes. 19 points, five for eight from three, seven for 10 from the floor. I thought he was a big part of that. Oh, absolutely. 25-1, jumping out to the 25-1 lead. Downside, one rebound, three turnovers, but podium game and deserves it. And oh, yeah. Effort. I mean, and, that's, and the thing, we, I mean, we've said this a million times. Let's make it a million and one. The effort that this team gives is unbelievable. They play so damn hard. And... I was talking to a couple of people after the game um, around the program and you know, it, we're still we still don't know what's going to happen with Kit and everybody um, for the women's team next year, but it is possible you could have two top 25 type programs in the Sundome next year. Like th- This little club section that we're sitting in right now, um, as you can hear, trash cans and everything rolling behind us, I'm sure, Vito. Um, they're all like taking the trash out behind us, but you could have two top 25 programs and this could be this section that we're sitting in could be one of the toughest tickets in Tampa for some games next year. This is going to be a place that people are going to want to be. It's going to be the thing to do. It'll be fun. And it's, you know, you go back and look at some of those old pictures, even before I got to USF, like those teams in the late, late eighties and early nineties, when they went to the two NCAA tournaments in the early nineties, there were six and 7,000 people in here consistently every night for NIT slash NCAA tournament teams. And, I, since this is still the only basketball product in town, I think that can happen again. And I do think, going to break a little news here, that I think you will see next season one or two games probably at Amelie Arena too to try and stir up that part of the city and get them excited about men's basketball. Um, so I, I think that that's something that you're going to be looking at too. So, But if you care about basketball, this is the best product in town, and it's going to be both teams um, – we're going to have a men's team next year, though, that outdraws the women's team for the first time in a long time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, three straight wins after losing three different games uh, to at Temple, at Cincy, uh, against Houston. Uh, Temple, you take them to overtime, and then Cincinnati, you can't – it was disjointed. And then the Houston game took disjointed to a whole new level. And then you come, it became painful. Yeah. Oh man, that game was brutal. But three straight wins against some solid teams with that trash ass team in Greenville thrown in there. <laughs> Just a super young Wichita State team. It was good to get that win. Um, you know, at halftime of that Wichita State game last year, I think the Bulls were down thirty. So it was a big turnaround. Um, these next nine games are crucial. Uh, we go at SMU on Thursday, home for that trash ass team in Greenville. Uh, and then at CDOT, home for Temple, at Houston, home for CDOT, at UConn, at Tulane, and close out against Jamal Murray and, or Jamal McMurray and uh, the Shmoo Mustangs. So, Shmoo, from what I've been told, um, a bit schneidy this year when McMurray can get going. They have a couple pieces, but so two games left against them and two games left against the team down the street and one game left against ECU. Like, 
there's some opportunity on the board here, kids. Um, it's, I think it's not a matter of if this team is going to a postseason tournament. It's just which one. Um, We're at 15 wins right now. Right. And there's nine, nine games, games left. Can we get to 20 in the regular season? Ooh. That'll guarantee an NIT spot. You only need well, one you more. Go, you have to go five and four. Right. The Again, rest of the way. You're already going five and four. You got to go five and four in the back nine. We just Can need you, one more to clinch a winning season for the first time. Who since called that shit? 2012. Props. Who called that? Back that in all October. You. Yep. Mm. This team's going 500 or better. That I just I felt the the collection of talent is I w- it's not quite as good as that tournament team, but it's pretty good. I think this could be in two years what that tournament team is. Get DC as a senior, Brown as a senior. I mean, LaQuincy will be gone, but there's, I mean, Xavier Castaneda today was phenomenal. When Redu went out with this two fouls early in the first half, Castaneda was able to lead the offense as a, as a point guard and kept David Collins off the ball. And you could see that there's some talent on this roster that, uh, a year now, a year from now, or two years from now, will really start shining. Alexis Yetna, if he doesn't go to the league in two years, what's he going to be? That kid's going to be amazing. I mean, you just you see the upside on these kids. Like, and, and people are complaining about, oh, they, you know, they gave up a lot of turnovers against the press today. Well, they're going to do that. Well, sometimes they miss free throws. Well, they're going to do that, but they're going to compete. They're going to try hard, and they're going to get better. And because they're so young, we all forget they're freaking babies out there. Durr, freshman, Yetna, freshman, Collins, sophomore. LaQuincy, all right, Redshirt Jr., but that's fine. And Brown, sophomore. Yeah, I mean, you see, and then Kerr, like, I'm telling you, man, if Kerr gets all four limbs, he's just as right there as any of them. So they got a base to work from. Um, it's not even including Zach Dawson in that as well. Right. Yeah, for yeah. next year. I mean, the, so. the talent is there. The only person we're losing next year, TJ Lang. TJ Lang, that's it. And right. he played uh, 14 minutes tonight. Uh, had two, had two steals. He uh, made a couple big threes. He had, yeah, big he, three. he had a, he had a yeah. three from the corner, uh, far side. That was real nice. So you also graduate, Big Nick. <laughs> <laughs> when you only get thirty scholarships or thirteen scholarships, uh, that can't be a bad thing. So anyway, so I mean, uh, ex- exciting times ahead, um, and. I mean, I can't wait. And then on the flip side, uh, women's basketball season from hell continues. Uh, they just literally, I mean, they're catching a break, but it's the wrong kind of breaks because everything is breaking on them. Like body parts are breaking. Yeah. It's, know, it's just. brutal. 11 and 10, two and five in the conference. Uh, they've lost three straight and it's been a brutal three straight stretch. Uh, I mean, uh, I feel so bad for them. They can't against SMU and against Cincinnati. They could not create in the last 30 seconds of the game with the ball in their hands. They had a chance to win or tie and just fell apart. And, oh, man, we miss Kit. We miss Laura. We miss, we miss everyone. A, uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah, literally everyone. Just shout out to our, our homies on that team who have just, I mean, they're grinding through it and they're doing the best they possibly can. And, you know, I I can't imagine the frustration level. Um you know, they got that huge win at home that they just all heart and guts and, and everything you'd ever want. Um, and, and Jose, you know, in tears afterwards, I don't think they've won a game since, have they? No, no. And uh, just, it's such, that's so unfair. <laughs> it's so unfair. But the good news is, is that all of these kids are getting so much burn that weren't expected to get burned that next year, if you can somehow piece together a couple of your key players returning, although you would lose Lara either way. Yeah. Um, if you could just piece all that together, my they've got God. some good pieces right now. It's just they there's not enough depth. There's just not enough depth for them right now. You know, yeah. they're they're playing the entirety of the game all the time, and when and is playing gonna, forty minutes. Yeah, that ain't good. <laughs> and it's not a knock on Anna. She's great, but she was removed 40. from a torn ACL. You should not be playing forty minutes <laughs> a game and being the primary scorer. Right. right. It's just. No, I mean Penzon, Harvey. They weren't. They weren't Babies. supposed to be in this position. Septic? She's. I mean, she's, she. She literally lost. came in. She's I mean, lost. she's been here for not even <laughs> just over a month. Yeah. I mean, there's not much. She doesn't she know can where do. classes are yet. No. <laughs> I was telling Colin though, Jose Fernandez 
uh, press conference, I believe it was the Memphis game, she couldn't even point to UConn on the map. Like they didn't, she didn't know where they were going. So she's just, she's being forced to play when she shouldn't be. Really, I mean, she has, we have they have no choice. Yep. And you know, we discussed this on the the Michael Kelly podcast. Uh, she was the girl that couldn't get in because of TOEFL, and she's here now. Mm-hmm. So I think thing. The times are changing. Times are changing here at the University of South Florida. Go Bulls. And you know what? Anyway, since we're lowering our academic standards, that team's got a thousand APR and every freaking kid graduates. If they want to take a shot on a kid from another, from somewhere else, you know what? They've Instead of the kid for football, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm totally give fine. The per, give the productive team a chance, okay? Mm-hmm. They've had more foreign kids come into this program and get out with great GPAs and great academics uh, and graduate. You know what? I think they've earned the right to take a kid or two that might be a marginal TOEFL, which, by the way, we're the only school in the state who had that rule. Um, yeah. yeah so. And it's going to help with men's and women's golf. Yes. And tennis. tennis. The the spring of rings are commencing. Spring of rings coming back, y'all. What about cross country? Mm-hmm. Dude. <laughs> track and field in the spring, yeah. <laughs> I mean, tr- track and field, they won four events. I know five events last was, weekend yeah, mm-hmm. uh, up in Iowa. I mean... There were a few community colleges in that group. A few. <laughs> uh, Drake was in that group. Uh, you know, he's not that good of a high jumper, but he can run the sprints pretty quick. I have no idea who you're talking about. That was that was a good reference. That was a there, good Nate. joke. The Drake Drake the school, not the rapper, <laughs> is what I'm going for. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, These yeah. kids today with their references. Although I made a great Memphis Bleak reference on Twitter today, and totally totally got overblown. We're down, they're down 27 to one. And I go, the last time Memphis to disappear like this was bleak. That's a great line. Come on. I mean, their football team disappears every second half of <laughs> gets you see. So they're used to it. Yeah. Uh, and um, Mike Norvell's out there on ESPN calling the national championship game instead. Back to the women real quick though. Yeah. Naturally, of course, UConn is losing regular season games for the first time in like 10 years this season. Of course. Not, not saying they're going to, they were going to overtake them this year, but they look human for the first time in a long time and USF is, you know, decimated. Yep. I think, you know, the ultimate question is, is this season for women's basketball, the basketball God's way of saying we can only have one good team at a time. Maybe. And by the way, I'm okay with that. Like I would rather have one good team at a time than have no good teams. Like we had from basically 1993 until when did Jose make his first tournament? 2005. So, there's a big gap in there where we sucked really bad at both. I call that my undergraduate years. Um, well, 93 is a little before me, but you know, like that whole bubble in there of us just sucking at both. Um, yeah. Let's move on to something happier. Football. You looked right at me for that one. (laughs) Um, so some coaching staff changes, uh, USF will be turning over five coaches from the 2018 season. Um, Good riddance. It looks like they evaluated after the season and got rid of the coaches that didn't need to be here. Actually, they got rid of two coaches prior to the bowl game. Damon Cogdale and Blue Adams were not here for the bowl game. Uh, Tommy Restivo uh, may have taken a pay cut to become the co-defensive coordinator at UMass because the guy, behind, uh, the guy who he took over for at UMass was making less than him at USF. So, ooh, maybe. Small sidebar about Tommy Restivo for a second. Uh, I follow all the coaches on Twitter and I noticed he was in Boston and I was like, in like late December or something like that. I was like, that's kind of weird. Like after the bowl game, I was like, Oh, he's probably just visiting family. He's, he's from Boston. And then the report came out like a week later and I was like, damn it. I should have seen this. Yep. 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 So did, um, did they have a player tell Blue Adams he was no longer with the program? (laughs) Cause that would have been fun. I think Colin McGee was like, Hey coach, (laughs) let me show you these hands real quick. (laughs) You got I mean, you, if you fight a player, you're not making it the next year. That's, I think that's just the standard rule. I think you got to have HR in the office when you make that decision. <laughs> like when you Maybe tell just them, text them. You, need, you needed the HR rep from from Central University to be there while you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, obviously, Sterling and his, uh, his Bert and Ernie, um, best friend, Matt Maddox are at McNeese State. So there's your five. In comes Carmen Bell. Praise up. Have we had a have we had a podcast since that? And nope. oh man, oh, oh, this is gonna be fun. Kerwin Bell won that press conference probably, and was I don't know if he was going out there trying to win it 
but I've seen a lot of USF press conferences. Um, rarely do we do ones just for when a coordinator is hired. I think this is our new regime realizing that the fans need to be talked to in that way. Mm-hmm. And then Kerwin just goes out there and like balls on a tee and he hits it 600 feet. Um, that was Twitter was uh, something that during that first conference, just that's how starved this part. Seriously. You know, uh, play fast, score faster. Oh, Oh. (laughs) rub it on your ears. Rub it on your nipples, boys. That is injected. That was There's a t-shirt right there. Rub (laughs) it on your nipples. Rub it on your nipples. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't wait. Uh, He brought his O-line coach, Jeremy uh, DeVoe. DeVoe. I can't pronounce it. It's, it's, it's like Renault, but Dervo. Okay. Dervo. Uh, his son, Cade Bell, is going to be the assistant quarterbacks coach. And then another guy. Andrew Roastelli. He was the GA for wide receivers at Valdosta State. And he's a quality uh, control quality coach control. now. Uh, so there's still three positions open. Uh, no one's taken Damon Cogdell's job yet. And we don't have a secondary coach yet. So, And their first touch at Tampa was uh, Cappy Seminole Heights. Oh, yeah, that's right. Again, Mike Kelly getting out in front. You know, he sends to stay away from city controversies, but he is right there on top of the South Tampa pizza debate, and he has made he he has drawn that line in the sand. Um, I I respect it. I I don't happen to agree, but you're at some point there's going to be some donors that are going to be like, look, man, Sally O'Neill's is you know. Are you wait? Is it like is it like making a Democrat Republican decision? Is what I really want to know. Because that's you know, if you side with one team over the other, you're sort of abandoning half of your fan base. If you are picking Cappies over Salios, you're abandoning fifty percent of your your fan base in Tampa. So I'm again, I'm surprised by Mike's decision there, um, but he knows best. And, and yeah, yep. Uh, you know, Stanley Clairvaux uh, tweeted the other day. Uh, this playbook with 14 million hard eye emojis. <laughs> oh, I, I, think I wanted to retweet it, but his tweets are protected. So the only way I would be able to show anyone <laughs> would be to screenshot it and then tweet it out. And that just seemed weird. So I just left it alone. But, oh, if the players like it, I'm here for it. Exactly. There's a, there's a very hidden important thing about this Kerwin Bell getting hired thing, which him bringing his son, because I did a lot of digging on Valdosta State, as as I tend to do. And uh, Cade Bell is the one that calls plays, and he calls offensive plays. Really? Bringing him over was, I mean, Cade, w- Cade was the whole reason why their quarterback, whose name I'm... Rogan biggest, Wells. Yeah, he's the sole reason why he took it to the next level. Because the year before, Cade, you know, was was working with him, trying to get him a little bit better, because we, a uh, friend of USF... Um, transfer quarterback and I can't all these names are escaping me now uh Adam Robles oh yeah was yep, the quarterback yep. for before and then Rogan came in and Cade really took him under his wing and and produced a top tier division two quarterback in one season and there there's something to be said about the people that he brought over from Valdosta State I know there was a little bit of talks about how many coaches he could bring over but Cade Bell was essential to come with him and I think that that's going to be paying dividends this year with did, Blake did they say that Cade was the one calling the plays like when he like where did how do you know I did digging and there's a student paper that I, I oh I yeah wow, wow. look at you yeah. okay um, shout, shout out to yeah, my paycheck <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the uh, I think it's called the blazing times <laughs> just blaze just blazing times. but yeah Cade Cade was essential last year for that offense putting up 52 points per game so uh, I know that Kerwin did say in his press conference that his son knows the only person that knows his offense as well as him is his son. So there's that. There's that too. I like I'm, it. I'm excited for it. You know, it could be the good version of nepotism. We're we've, going, see, we've seen the bad version of Lou and Skip. Or I was going to say the Bryles. Do we that have too. any? Are they going to let us into practice? God, I hope so. I man. really need I to want to see dude. that shit so bad. I, I don't. I want it to be a big surprise uh, coming no, out. No, I want, I want a I want big surprise. It. I want to see it. We are willing to. And by the way, we if we go to practice, we will go and we will probably be very excited about what we see. But if we do do that, of course, we're going to embargo. I'm saying this because there might be some USF PR staff. We promise to not embargo. Let we will embargo everything, but we do want to go. And so we can have some sense of what we're supposed to be looking at come Wisconsin next year. All right. So uh, some player transfer news. Uh, 
Brett Keane found a home. UNC Charlotte. Good for him. Happy for him. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, him and Chris Oladokun did not get a fair shake here. Not at all. I think that's clear. Uh, uh, Chris Oladokun now at Samford. Uh, Sam. Samford, not Samford. Samford. Yes. Uh, USF ties there. Ruben Guerrero is on the basketball team at Samford. And he's like their best player. He's like 19 and 10 a night. So did you watch that FSU Samford game last year, which was on like three channels? I just happened to have one of them. And like the football game. Yeah. Um, when FSU almost lost. When FSU almost yeah, lost. Because yeah, yeah. I had gone up the week before to watch them play Vatek. And then um, they got dusted. And then I'm watching the Samford game. And they throw the ball all over the place. Really super fun, efficient offense. I forget the quarterbacks. I forget the quarterback's name that they had. But the kid was really... He was a senior, but he was really good. Yep. Um, there's an opener. There's an opening there. And that kid who did start that game um, was a senior. So uh, yep. I hope Oldo can get a chance to in an offense like that to really let her rip. Because he could be fun. I think he was the... Co- clear casualty of the Sterling Gilbert offense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of options. Kano Dillon. Yeah. And another one. Um, oh, man. A lot of transfers. Durant Bell's at Alabama State with Damon Cogdale. Cogdale's there as the inside linebackers coach and pro liaison, except Alabama State doesn't know how to pro- spell liaison and their <laughs> official title of his role. <laughs> Um, they also called the Gasparilla Bowl the Sunbelt Bowl, which fair, but <laughs> still, that wasn't wrong. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, still waiting on a few other transfers. Yeah. Well, uh, if they end up transferring, it's uh, Darnell Solomon. Uh, I, I found out that two days ago on the 30th, he uh, he's in the transfer portal. Um, Kirsten Johnson is in the transfer portal. Uh, we didn't. Re- we did report earlier that all there were eleven kids that were no longer able to. Let's phrase this correctly. No longer able to be in the program next year due to various uh, violations off the field. So, of the eleven kids who got sent away, none of them were for performance. It was all things that they did. Now, you can argue like where do they draw the line and X Y Z. From what I know, um, these were not like spots where um, the university had any control. Now, keep in mind, I believe it was seven of those kids were Charlie recruits. Is that correct? <sighs> yep, seven of the 11. Uh, the only four that were not were as Devontrez Dukes. He was a 16 signee. We'll get into that 16 class in mm. a second. Mm. Uh, Darnell Solomon, 16 signee. There's a trend. Uh, D'Angelo Antoine was a 15. And then the fourth one was, name is escaping me. Armand Williams? Nope, he uh, was he was last he was, year. He was, he was a year. true freshman last year. Uh, someone else, but you know, Charlie Strong said that he needed a washing, and then seven of the, seven of those guys were his guys. So it, we and know, then Kirsten Johnson was his guy. Transferred in. So the um, the other thing that needs to be mentioned here is that there were a couple of kids that would have been able to re-eligible themselves. Um, if they had chose to stay at USF, mm-hmm. there may have also been a scenario where they would have had to pay their own way for a portion of time as part of that. So I think a lot of people were like, oh, if they, because I, I did put that out there that um, that a couple of these kids would be eligible to come back if they completed certain requirements. But uh, those kids, I also understand some of them might not have been eligible to keep a scholarship with the Chris team. Chris Dunkley route. Chris Dunkley route, which has happened before. Um, but his was more... He committed a crime. The university pulled his scholarship. He chose to find a way to stay, go to class for a year himself, stay away from the program, and then come back. He no, he was a he was a walk on. Right, Willie's thirteen season. Correct, walk on in quotes. Walk on because of his prior arrest. Yes, that's why he was a walk on. These kids were not arrested um, for this. They were correct removed from the team for other reasons but it would have been the same scenario where if they had chosen to stay for a year and get themselves in an eligible spot they would have been able to continue but for a lot of those kids it just makes more sense to move somewhere else because they're going to give you a scholarship and you can continue your education correct. and not lose your eligibility and have to pay for it yep um i mean that 16 class i believe signed 20 guys I'd like to throw back to that darnell solomon uh fun fact i found which is the last so player that held an offer from the University of Alabama and the University of South Florida was Darnell Solomon. Yeah. Four star kid. Four star kid. All right. Three <clears throat> plus. Okay. All right. I got it. 
All right, so the 2016 recruiting class, Willie's last year. This was his, all right, go his big, big go shebang. home. Um, we're going to take some chances. I probably won't be here because we're going to be really good when this blows up in everyone's face. Oh, golly, he did it. Uh, By 16, God, the mad mad. Six, <laughs> 16 recruits, only four remain. Christian Gaynor, who has not seen the field, yeah. uh, he unfortunately had his house destroyed in Hurricane Michael, kind of getting back from that. Um and then top four recruits, Darnell Solomon, Craig Watts, Tramal Ivy, Josh Dunn. Two didn't make it into the program. Craig Watts just won a national championship under Curlin Bell. Uh, Darnell Solomon left his hands in 2017. Uh, Andre, Andre Polk still with the program. Uh, just hasn't seen the field injuries. Macario Stanley is at UAB. Elijah Mack was a transfer candidate in the spring that I figured would. Had a great spring and then never saw the field again. I feel vindicated on that. Ladarius okay, Jackson look. committed some heinous crimes. Uh, Chris Oladokun transferred. Mike Hampton is awesome. Uh, Michael Wiggs. Logan McDonald. Don't, don't lie. <laughs> Logan McDonald. Uh, it took him like three weeks to get into the program, and then he was gone three months later. And Devontrez Dukes uh, is gone. So, uh, yikes. Um, twenty. Let's go back to 2015 as well, because 2015-2016 are your four-year seniors and your five-year seniors. LeGrand so, Harley in that class? <laughs> who? LeGrand Harley? I think he was in 15. I, I'm almost positive looking that up. The one that was in two straight recruiting classes? Uh, so let's see the 15 class will still have uh, Marcus Norman we will still have Billy Atterbury uh, Mitch Wilcox Kirk Livingstone Nico after he missed the last half of the year and Greg Reeves uh, and Trevon Sands maybe I'm we're, we're still not clear on that I mean he wasn't in that picture with the running backs a couple weeks ago that could be a sign that he's not with the program anymore but uh, who knows his his Twitter account still says you know running back University of South Florida we'll find out um but you know Charlie Strong mentioned there was no senior leadership and of the 35 uh signees from the 15 and 16 class I believe there's eight Mm-hmm. Still on the team, so I mean, if I that's your ask, core of leadership. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. Um, so that's bad, obviously, but it's also part of a transition. And the problem is, is that we hired a co- we needed to hire a coach to come in and drive the bus and not try and change all parts and. Charlie take has decided Willie's to bus. Yeah, I was going to say Coach T's bus. Yeah, and, and we, I thought that went up in flames in fourteen. Yeah, yeah, went over the cliff. We do have that gif of it going over the cliff, which is pretty funny. Um, but so we hired a guy to do X. He did Y. But now going into year three, like, look, man, this is on you. It is on you to show that you're overhauling and overtooling the bus because you you got inherited freaking one of the one of those. Uh, Porsche, you know, those big Porsche cars that now have like the super hyped up engine and they're like Porsche 911. No, no, the, the bus, the oversized Porsche oh. thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know cars. Neither do I. <laughs> I've seen it. I have an Impala. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't even have a car. I have a safe sedan. <laughs> you got 10 speed. <laughs> yeah, I, got ten, I don't even have a 10 speed. I got a single speed. I'd take that thing. It's flat in Florida. What do you need gears for? So um, I. He got asked to do one thing. All right, well, if you're going to overhaul the program and you took over a program that was in terrific shape, um, kind of cratered it a little bit, last six games last year, you damn well better get it on track and quickly. And I'm very excited because they Kerwin Bell's the right addition. Um, but it don't, don't bring that noise that you're too young next year. Well, we're still learning how to win. That's your own damn fault. You are the reason that we're so young now. So you figure it out. Accountability. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, it's, it's so, I mean, it's still going to be frustrating and, uh, I hope Charlie is nice enough to come on the podcast when we go to Newport next year, but I'm not hopeful. I'll be honest. Um, I look with, I think from all of us, it is not personal at all. I think Charlie's a great guy. I think he's a fantastic human being. People, his players clearly care about him as a man. They respect him. 
everybody around this department thinks, I mean, you hear him on background, they'll say wonderful things about him. Um, you know, he's tough with us in media and he can be a challenge in terms of public things sometimes. And sometimes he says some things that, oh my God, I can't believe you said that at a press conference, but that's not a reflection on the person he is. I think as a person, I don't think any of us are going to question that. May I ask you a question? Yeah. So do you feel better if Kerwin Bell comes in and it, it apparently seems that he's going to have full reign of the offense? Do you really, do you believe that what some of the issues that we had on fourth down situations, some play call situations was a full on Gilbert thing or was a I've got, I've got, CEO I've got thing? some insight into that. Okay. Um, because I think you lost some people thinking like, okay, well, if we're going to be conservative, then the yeah. game management yeah. is a separate issue from the play calling. Mm -hmm. Has he been turned over the game management as well? I think it's the fair. Yeah. So, um, from what I understand, uh, Charlie told a couple players when they came to him, voicing their concerns about the Gilbert offense, and hey, let's run you know these certain plays. Um, Charlie informed them that uh, he doesn't control the offense. It's not his call. I was about to say game management offensive wise. I don't think Charlie even even looked at it. I don't think he even knows. I don't it, think he even whoever his timeout guy is and his two minute guy. They need to if if he's not still uh, employed, if he's still employed, he needs not be because it was horrendous. I, and I think I think someone mentioned this in Slack and like said it kind of jokingly, but the more I think about it, the more I think it's actually true. I don't think Charlie Strong is... I think he's just straight up like a CEO right now. I think BJM and now Kerwin Bell have pretty autonomous say over what's going on. And I think he's just kind of there right now. That if he needs to come in and make a big decision, then then he's there. But I... I you know, going going to Sterling's offense on those fourth down questionable fourth down punts and everything like you, I think that's Sterling's call because I think his off he didn't he didn't he didn't trust his offense. Yeah, and it's it's going to be super interesting to see how that dynamic works on the field when there's something vital and the game's not going the way you want and uh, Kerman wants to do something else because he's been a head coach for a decade mm -hmm. and he's here under Charlie Strong. And he wants to do one thing, and Charlie's like, "No, we're gonna do this." I want to see how that dynamic works because, you know, saying it and doing it are two completely different things. And we've seen former head coaches who become coordinators under other people butt heads about this. Like, what are we doing? We because they have the ex the quote unquote experience of calling the shots. They want to do it their way. Um, it's this year's in line to be super interesting. And someone asked me on Twitter last night if Blake Barnett would, how many yards he would have uh, this year. And, you know, I looked it up. He had 302 yards. Um, Rogan Wells for VSU had like 730 yards uh, on the ground. But Blake got hurt twice on designed runs. And I don't think, and we saw what happens with the backup quarterback situation. Um, Which, my God, that is a clusterfuck at this point. Now. It really is. There's no, there's no clear number two. I think it's Jordan McLeod because he traveled, but they could just be holding Octavius Battle behind. But I have an announcement that? to make. I will be the backup quarterback for oh, the University of South Jesus. Florida in the spring game. I've been in talks with the university. Um, and there's my no ability, way you still have eligibility left. Uh, you were uh, in school for a decade. Yeah, uh, 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 but uh, fortunately, with the new um, leniency that the NCAA is giving transfers <laughs> and uh, all, the new student forward thinking, um, I will be, because of my skills in NCAA 13 on PlayStation, I've been, I'm going in. Now, I still got to earn it in spring ball, but it's going to be me. No. <laughs> Hard pass. No, no. No, no. Hard pass. Um, so, I mean, spring ball is going to be interesting, but also, uh, don't take anything away from spring ball because it means nothing. Correct. Absolutely nothing. And they're probably not going to show a lot either. It's probably right. I, if they're smart, I mean, they they're still, in, they're, they're installing an entirely new offense. So they're going to have to do, I mean, they can't hide everything. No, you can't hide everything. And you know, you're going to go up tempo because anybody's going to be able to watch Valdosta state and see tempo. But I would think that you're going to see a lot more in a spring practice than you will in the spring game. Cause they're not going to want to put a lot on film. 
So that's why I think access to the practices will be even more helpful for us as we try and prepare for the season. Yeah. And hopefully they'll let Knight and the recruiting guys and everybody else in there too. So we can actually write a little more intelligently about this team early in the season. So we're not making it up. I don't know. I like my, uh, my drawings of the two touchdowns that we saw. <laughs> that was August. pretty funny. <laughs> it was glorious. Great job. So, by you. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, I think we got a couple questions and we can get out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Connor, do you want to uh, hit some spring stuff real quick? Sure. Uh, men's tennis, two and three overall in the year, just lost to number th- uh, number eleven Baylor last night. And in fact, I think they got shut out completely. Um, women's tennis. Oh, back to men real quick. They are doesn't get any easier because they're playing Mississippi State tomorrow, who's number three in the country. Um, they started their season with a win over FGCU. Uh, they went to Baton Rouge for a tournament split there. Um, of course, men tennis. Um, what was it? Four straight years conference champions ended last year. Um, so we'll see if they can get it turned around. Women also two and th- uh, three and three now. They destroyed uh, MTSU today just across the street here. Um, track and field, as Nate mentioned earlier, captured five individual titles last weekend and um, at the University of Iowa. Women's golf kicked off their spring season. Uh, the Florida Challenge at Tampa Palms. Um, won that tournament. There was a the tournaments in air quotes. Yeah, I was just one. getting to that. There was, I guess, it was weather related. There was I they don't, played one shotgun. Round, was it? Was and it was term? shotgun. And yeah. it, USF had the favorable start for that. So that that put put winning a tournament in big. Well, it's a step for women. Hey, it's golf. a win. Count <laughs> it. Uh, softball starts this Thursday. I believe Illinois State. Is that right? Is that is it? Oh my God! It, is it starts on Thursday. Yes, yeah, a great yeah. opening weekend oh tournament here. They always do a, a great tournament there. Michigan's here. Florida's here. Mich- uh, Michigan's. Who else is here? Um, it's a good tournament this weekend and soft. Uh, Arizona, Michigan, right. NC State, NC State. That's who it was. Yep. So you've got number seven Arizona, number nineteen Michigan State, and number five Florida. All this weekend they play. One, two, three, four, five, five games in four days. Yep, because so be softball rules. <laughs> and and uh, sorry, and uh, on Monday they play Team Japan. Right. Yep. Um, Your university would never <laughs> play an internet play one of the top internationals. That's uh, true. Yeah, Florida's playing them the day before in Gainesville, and they're coming down here. Um, and then men's golf first tournament of. Their spring is two weekends from now, I believe, uh, in Gainesville at the Gator Invitational. Yep. So, um, covers all the spring sports, I think. I will want to say so softball, baseball. Um, Ken Erickson has done this phenomenal job of never leaving the state of Florida during non conference play when he doesn't have to. For the first time in, I think, close to a decade, he's leaving the state of Florida for a non-conference tournament. Where? I didn't Arizona, even... Right? Arizona. He's going to Tuscan. Mm-hmm. You were Tucson? Tucson. Wow. Tuscan. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> oh, man. Tucson. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when is that? Uh, The next weekend. Or the... Two weeks from now. That's so got to be some sort of strategic move. To the 17th. There's got to be some sort of recruiting. So, you know, Al- Alabama, like- Arizona, UIC, Cal State Fullerton, and New Mexico. Alabama. So... Yeah, so you oh, good. you know uh, I was I sent that thing out on Twitter. I'm taking a weekend trip every month this year. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Do you have something for February? February and October were the only two months I didn't have. Time to go to Tucson, I, dude. I'm Tucson, never, baby. Tucson, Tuscan. Um, Tuscan, Arizona. Go to Tuscan. Um, four hours from LA, right? Something like that. It's like four or five. I don't even know how to pronounce it. You're asking the wrong person <laughs> how far it is. But um, you could fly into Phoenix, go to Tuscan, and then like shoot up to Vegas for a little bit. Well, I'm going to Vegas in March anyway. But um, yeah. Ooh, Colin, that could you be have fun. a gambling problem. What? You have a gambling problem. The problem is, is that I don't lose enough to stop gambling. I keep winning. <laughs> That's why I keep gambling. Unfortunately, I'm not too bad at it, which is why I keep doing it. I'm so. sure. Uh, and then uh, you know, baseball season starts soon yes they're um what is the 15th um baseball opens up against samford, samford who uh you mentioned samford playing fsu and football last year 
actually, Samford baseball played FSU in the first round of the NCAA tournament in the Tallahassee Regional, and they knocked the Knolls out. So I believe five Suck it, tournament teams to start the year. Is that right? Yeah, so baseball? Samford, Florida, UNC, Florida State, and then I don't think Western Michigan. No, but... Brutal stuff. Um, we need to talk to somebody who, whoever scheduled Liberty, we need to talk to them. For football? No, for baseball. Um, we need to talk to whoever. There are two, that. I think there are two schools at our level um, that you can make a legitimate argument about playing in any sport. And um, I think this is starting to become a controversy. Maybe. Oh, man. I can't wait to go to Provo and drink root beer. <laughs> there's a bar. No, there's a bar in Provo. No way. No, there's a bar. You have to join a club to join it. Oh, fuck but yeah. It's like, but it's like a dollar to join or something like that. It's a membership. <laughs> and then the beer you get is like 3.2% beer. <laughs> Not even kidding. Oh, man. It sounds like Bud Light. I can't, but everybody says no, it's that. it's like Michelob Ultra. Your freshly sponsored uh, co-manager of the Close. Daily Stampede is also sponsored by Mick Ultra. So fight me. Uh, the race play uh, USF in Port Charlotte on March 5th. I mean... It, Raise up. Right, Connor? 100%. It's just going to be super weird when they're called like the Montreal Rays or oh something. Oh, my God. Stop. The Portland Rays when it, <laughs> when, when it doesn't. The Seattle. They're just going to get a second the team. They're just going to give so everyone the, a. The San Antonio team. Defenders or Alamo Dogs or whatever they're going to be called. The, the okay. Las Vegas Gamblers. Gamblers. The Las Vegas Dice. The it's Las just, Vegas uh, <laughs> slots. The problem is Vegas. Like slots. they have this problem at Cashman now. Like if they ended up having to use Cashman Field as like their temp field while they build a stadium, ball just flies out of there. Like it's it's course field on steroids. Like it's ridiculous. Like all right, have a good weekend, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did we say something wrong? Did we yeah. say something wrong. By um, the way, we, should we say goodbye to Connor because this might be his last one. This before is my last podcast. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Connor, um, happy birthday. Thanks. Sorry, what? <laughs> um, I'm going back up to Virginia um, for a full-time job with a minor league baseball team, Collegiate Summer League. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, I've enjoyed every minute here at the Daily Stampede. I'll be back for football, hopefully. So, um, But yeah, you probably won't hear from me on TDS until football September-ish. I'll be back. But you'll be getting blocked on Twitter the entire yes. time while you're up there by various personalities across. That's me. <laughs> um, but... Connor got, a, Connor got a, a great job in sports and he's got to take the opportunity and Absolutely. we will miss him. Um, and also, we should probably mention that we have a new member of the, well, two members? No, we have one technically. We have one new member of the TDS staff um, who you guys interviewed. I just met her today, so y'all can talk about it. Yep. Um, Deandra Lou. Lou. Mm-hmm. Uh, she covers the lighting for Raw Charge uh, and she reached out to Connor about joining Daily Stampede and uh, she's gonna have a nice little video package for from today's game, so that'll be nice. Uh, I think we, we got to slightly pivot toward video a little bit, and we're not going full Fox Sports full pivot, but we're you know a slight turn, a slight turn into video. I think it's uh, added addition to um, what we already do. Yeah. What we already do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we got to go that way. And also, it is nice that now that Sandy has um, doing her charity work full time, um, that we have another female voice because um, a bunch of white guys sitting around Slack and Nick um, isn't necessarily the best way to run a blog. Yeah. So uh, they are trying. Hey, Nick. Um, so we should probably try and open that up ever so slightly. And it, uh, Yes. Yeah. So reach out. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really know how to say this. We're looking for uh, diversity is a strength, but we, yes. I mean, if you're really talented, a white guy, we'll take you, but we're also looking for people who can bring a different perspective. Correct. Because, because we have enough of the white. Boy, do we got a lot of white guys. We have, a, we have <laughs> enough <laughs> straight white male over 25 views <laughs> to last a lifetime. Yes. Colin almost, is almost two straight white males. Two straight white, yeah, pretty much. So I literally anybody uh, shoot us an email, send us a DM, tweet at us, uh, and bond one at mail.usf.edu. And best rule is it, if you actually do write for us at any point, even if you stop writing for us, you get to stay in the Slack channel forever. That is a perk. And that really is like the best perk of all of them because Slack channel is kind of awesome. Speaking of straight white men, uh, we have a, a new Slack baby. Are we talking about Jamie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jamie uh, had a kid. Yeah. Jamie had a kid. Y'all. Jamie had a <laughs> child. His second, though. Those don't count as much. <laughs> oh, they end up happier because God. the youngest... Ch- no, it's true. <laughs> the, the youngest child tends to get 
more spoiled, more successful in life. Birth order is a thing that matters, but you should celebrate the second child less at birth because it's going to get all the benefits during life. Like the only, like the second kid is always the one better at sports, except when it comes to Steph and Seth Curry. Oh yeah. Oh, he's the older brother. Steph. Steph is 30. Oh, okay. Seth yeah. is probably like 26, no, 27. Right. I don't know why I got that brain dead. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Are we done? Um, oh yeah, we got a couple questions. Real, oh, okay. real super quick. Uh, what are you expecting for our assistance? Um, me good recruiters uh i doubt they'll they'll probably wait until after signing day um to get them because there's no point in wasting time uh hiring guys when they've done this entire process down three man uh so it's fine uh don't worry about it i'm not worried about it people i've talked to are not worried about it um so i think we're all right um and it seems like we're only aiming for one or two recruits in logan and linton um do you think they're looking into any transfers Here's the thing with Charlie. Charlie loves his transfers. So they're going to make sure that there are still scholarships available for transfers. Eddie McDoon came in August. Blake Barnett came in May. Uh, Brandon Boyce and Marquise Price, even though they didn't pan out, they were transfers. Jordan Cronkite was an April transfer. You have to make sure that when spots open after spring, you still have roster spots. So they're not going to sign a full class because they you still need flexibility. No one signs a full class knowing that there's still transfers out there. And especially in the wild, wild west of this transfer portal, it's basically free agency at this point. You have to make sure you still have spots. From what I understand, USF has three scholarships left. So signing one or two guys makes sense. Uh, There's always going to be attrition after spring, before spring. Um, And we've started to see it. I've got to go through my spreadsheet and figure out who's still here, who's not here, and figure out what the number is. But we'll get there we'll get there um potential to sign 10 we won't sign 10 but i think we'll be set um especially with guys like cronk and wilcox coming back yes those uh, those were two huge that was big for the offense i I hate saying the word coming back but like the fact that they said that they were staying is is key for the offense next year i think i think cronk spoke with charlie and kerwin bell and figured out okay this might be the uh best route for him because he went from like a mid-round grade to a six-round grade just because of the last half of the season and um you know that that tends to happen yep um but i think that's it for us i want to go home and start drinking um i'm off for the next two days so daddy's going to drink all right y'all have fun with that y'all have fun with that ultra ultra everybody enjoy the super bowl we got any bulls playing in it uh, no, oh, unfortunately, first one, uh, first one in since 2012, the Ravens 49ers game was the first one that we had not had. <laughs> yeah, uh, because the Chiefs lost, I believe, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, right. Austin Ryder. Yeah. That's right. All right. Go Bulls. So, go, go Bulls. Bulls.